Welcome to Blue Talks. I want you to just imagine today a 12-year-old child with no hopes and no dreams for the future. How hard is that for someone to imagine, a 12-year-old? I want to tell you a story today. I want to share a story with you about hopelessness and hope. It was about a little girl who couldn't breathe. This little girl, when she was small, when she was younger, was full of laughter, full of joy. She had family and friends around her, and she loved just being in the world. She had so many hopes and dreams. She had dreams of someday being a teacher. And then one day, all those hopes and dreams were lost. Uh, her family, uh, her parents divorced, when she was age 11. And shortly after that, this little girl was molested by a friend of the family. Everything changed. She couldn't concentrate in school. She was having problems uh, just being herself. <laughs> uh, she started looking at herself differently as if she wasn't able to be loved. A little shortly after that, her parents decided that it was best that she go live with her father. She moved in with her father at the ripe age of 12, going on 13 as being a teenager. That teenager, shortly after that, was brutally abducted and raped by a person that had recently been released from prison two weeks prior. She begged for her life in an apartment that she didn't think she was gonna be able to come out of. With a gun held to her head at 14 years old, she begged for her life to get out. And as she got out, she's walking down the street, half clothed, hair all over the place, and she's wondering as a 14-year-old would wonder why nobody is coming to her rescue, why nobody sees a child walking down the street at six and seven o'clock in the morning, tattered and torn, and nobody stopped. That was the beginning of a huge spiral downfall. She began, that was the first time she tried to commit suicide. That was the first attempt. That little girl couldn't breathe. She began on a downward spiral with heavy drugs, alcohol, depression, prostitution, and then into sex trafficking. This went on for several years. And by the time that little girl turned 16 years old, that little girl had the life beaten out of her by people, by words. 
and by life itself. She went on and she continued this until she was older. And as she was raising her children or trying to raise her children, she was still battered and bruised. She ended up now as a, from a, a young girl to a woman, she ended up in a mental institution in her mid forties behind bars with the doors locked. She, she, that was it. It was the end of, she couldn't go any further. She was totally out of breath. That little girl was me. That was me. A girl, a little girl with no hopes and dreams. A little girl that didn't see anything for the future. I have finally hit rock bottom. And I could either lay in that bed, which I wanted to, and not get up and die right there. Or I could get up and now rise. I chose to rise. I saw, I had three children, and I saw in their eyes the devastation of me being in the hospital. And I didn't want to come home. I was, I was blocked behind the bars. I was locked there, and I just wanted to stay there. But I saw in my kids' eyes the pain. And my daughter said to me, she walked in the hospital, and she said, Mommy, she said, I don't think you're going to come back home this time. That was my third time in. And I looked at her, and even though I knew I didn't really want to come home and I didn't want to leave the hospital, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back home either. I didn't know if I had the strength to push through to come back home. <laughs> but when she walked out of that hospital, I told myself, you have to get up. You have to get up out of this despair. You have to get up out of this depression, and you have to fight for these children. They need you. They needed a mother that was whole. They needed a mother that could function. So I got up and I started doing the hard work that it took to get back on my feet. And first, I took my life back. I took my life back. I started taking inventory of all the things and all the reasons that had gotten me into that dark, dark place I was in. And I started taking my life back. I started therapy and I started the healing process to get me where I needed to be to get back on my feet. And in doing that, I started believing in me. I started thinking, this is not what I want in life. This is not where I want to be. I have to move forward. And as hard as it was, I got out of that bed and I started doing what I needed to do to get home to my children. I started rebuilding my life. But the main thing was that I started believing in me. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know, I had always been controlled by men or by people, and I didn't, I didn't even know what I liked. I didn't know what movie I liked, because if you watched it, I'm gonna watch it. If you, wanted, if you want that to eat, I'm gonna eat that with you. I, I don't know. 
And one thing about taking my life back and helping others take their life back is finding out who you are, starting to believe in you and who you, what you want and what you need for your life. I also started creating a plan of action for myself. I started asking myself, what is it that you truly want? What is it that you want out of life? This is the life you've lived. Now it's time to move forward. What does that look like? And I started creating a plan of action for myself with that. I wanted a life where I could do what I love to do. And one thing that inspired me was the fact that I was a child alone in the streets by myself with no supervision and no one to turn to at 12 years old. So the plan of action for myself first was to get to know me and what I, what I enjoyed and what I liked to do. Secondly, I started looking at my children. What do I need to do for them? And one thing was, because I was in uh, the relation type of relationship that I was in, the first thing that I had to do was to leave, which was a very hard thing to do because I had been married for 26 years. But during those 26 years, I, I was still broken. I was still trying to function broken. And so a marriage can't, can't thrive when the other person is broken and they're not getting, you know, healing themselves. So the first thing for me, which may not be the advice for everyone, but that was for me, I, I walked away, I did, I jumped. I jumped, I jumped with no money, with nothing in hand. I jumped to make sure that my children were in a safe and loving environment. The third thing is I'm an advocate for children because I don't believe any child should be out there alone. We are failing our children when we are doing this to them. We expect plants to grow when we water them, but we expect children to grow and not love them. We can't. Children need love, and they need your love, not in words, but in examples and positive actions. So I want to challenge everybody here today, even if those children are not, if you have children, I'm going to challenge you to take care of your children. Love on your children. They need you. A lot of times, I know, um, I heard certain, I heard people say that, you know, hard love, tough love, let's give them this tough love. Children's minds can't wrap around that. Children's mental capacity can't take that. They don't know what to do. They don't know the decisions to make. They don't know what they should do next. They're children, and that's why they have us to guide them. And so I challenge you today that whether it's your children or someone else's children, that you take time and you take care of those kids. They need you. My brothers and I grew up, and we were pretty much on our own a lot. 
was the hardest time of our life to go through a teenage years and not have your parents there with you. So I challenge you guys to do what you can for your children. Secondly, as I was com coming, starting to rebuild my life, I started learning what my purpose was. And my purpose was to help others. I didn't realize till later on, after I got over the addictions, that servant leadership and servant, being a servant to others, serving others, was in the 12-step program as I was going through that process. My mission now is to serve others, to serve children, women, and families, to help them get back on their feet and provide a loving, caring environment for their children. That's, that is my mission now. So when I saw this, I saw this uh, quote by Maya Angelou uh, years ago, but it always stuck with me because it said, do your best, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, you have to do better. And I wanted to do better by my children, by other people's children. I wanted to make sure that children were loved and cared for the way they should be loved and cared for. So I challenge everybody to do better. We have kids out here that are not eating. We have kids out here that don't have anyone to come home to in the evening. We're all running around trying to live this best life and our kids are suffering. And I challenge you to really take time with your children. They need you. My name is Cheryl. I'm a life and business coach with I Came Out Of It. I also own, I'm an owner of Kids Retreat Child Care. I love our babies. <laughs> love our babies. And I'm also uh, the founder of Kids Retreat Family Nonprofit, where we are working in our community to make, make it better for our children and make it better for parents who want to be better parents and to guide them uh, through programming to help them create a plan to make a better life. I want to thank you guys today for having me. Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.